Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. The Lost Hero, Chapter 15, Piper. Piper woke up and immediately grabbed a mirror. There were plenty of those in the Aphrodite cabin. She sat on her bunk, looked at her reflection, and groaned. She was still... Hi, I'm Ava. I'm Neve. And I'm Brayden. And this is Return to Camp Half-Blood, the English class that you always wanted. Where we analyze the Percy Jackson and Heroes of Olympus books through a new theme every week. Alrighty, Ava, Neve, how are we doing this week? I mean, <laughs> I'm doing pretty well. Um, I am here in person with Brayden and Neve, which is pretty crazy. Um, yes. Because um, I was the last of us to move into school, and I moved in today. Um, and I'm living in an apartment with Brayden, and uh, I mean, I feel like Neve's basically going to be like another... <laughs> Another roommate. I don't technically live here, but I do. I will be on campus and here all the time. Yeah, so I'm I'm riding that high, and I'm doing well for now. You know. Yeah, as of now, I, I have no idea how the audio quality of this episode is going to be because we're just sitting in our living room uh, <laughs> with, with the laptop because <laughs> we have yet to figure out. We're surrounded by by Ava's things that still aren't all put away um so we're figuring it out (laughs) i'm doing well (laughs) i'm like so tired as i've had to be um up at 6 a.m every day for freshman year um and sophomore year moving as i'm an ra for both of those years um and if i have to do it one more morning i will do it because it's my job but i will cry um so i hope that i don't have to wake up at 7 a.m tomorrow or 6 a.m tomorrow to be like up and ready to go at seven. Um, yeah, but I'm doing good. I got a nap today. Ooh. That was nice, exciting. I also got a nap today that was about five hours long because uh, I went to bed at, at noon. I did move in while um, I was asleep. Ava did move in while I was asleep. <laughs> um, it was a whole lot. Not a smart decision to pull that all-nighter for really no reason. Um, but now we're here and we're doing great. Uh, this week welcome back to Return to Camp Half-Blood this week we are discussing The Lost Hero chapters 15 through 18 through the theme of beauty Uh, and we have a special guest this week we have Deja from Literary Princess she's a YouTuber Deja would you like to introduce yourself Absolutely. So like you said, I'm Deja. I do YouTube. I also do a lot of like book cosplay on Instagram. 
I've been a general Percy Jackson dork since before I knew what fandoms were. And so coming on this podcast was like, oh yeah, absolutely. I read these books as a kid. The entire concept is, oh, let's revisit it from an adult point of view. And I was sold. So. Oh, we love to hear it. <laughs> and most importantly, we ask all our guests this, who is your godly parent? So I will shamelessly admit to being a theater kid um, back in high school and in college. So yeah, Apollo for sure, 100%. <laughs> None of our guests have been of our parentage yet. <laughs> really? I have one. That is yeah. wild. You've yeah. done so many. Yeah. Um, I'm honored. We've had a lot of um, Aphrodite. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Aphrodite gang. Um, one Hephaestus. That was creative. Yeah. Don't often hear that. That's uh, true. Yeah. Oh, that's exciting for you, yes. Ava. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yes. All right. Deja, are you prepared to give a summary of the chapters? I will try my best. All right. <laughs> you got it. Lucky, luckily for you, we have we've now increased it to 45 seconds to cover okay. more, more ground. This week, I will set the timer for 45 seconds, not 45 minutes. Uh, <laughs> so if you're ready, I'll give you a countdown. Mm-hmm. All right. Three, two, one, go. So Piper McLean wakes up after her uh, claiming at the campfire. She's still glammed up like to the gods. She looks great, but obviously she doesn't like it all that much because it's not really her. Obviously her godly sister Drew is not being the best sport about it and is generally being a menace to the entire cabin. Meanwhile, Leo has rescued a dragon from the woods and decided, hey, this is going to be our companion for the next five books and brings them into camp. Annabeth gives them their blessing and sends them off on their quest and jason runs into some air spirits who really only want to speak to him and not to piper or to leo so he ends up starting off the quest on a strong note taking the lead as he should as the child of zeus and that's what the chapter ends pretty good yeah, pretty good yeah solid. um anything we want to fill in that deja forgot um there's just a lot of discussion of charms week and like yeah, that's true. That's like a whole chapter, which was kind of wild. Yes. Um, but yeah, that's pretty much all I can think of. Yeah. Yeah. We meet uh, Keone. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He's scary. Is <laughs> <laughs> the best way I think we can describe her, but in a mm-hmm. very cool way. But I think I think De- Deja covered all, all the other their big, big points. All right. This is my favorite part of the episode. Uh, what songs have we brought? this week to for these chapters i can go first because yeah, i'm so excited somebody else go first because i'm still excited yeah. um my song is uh oh my god in the air tonight by phil collins um because i i i think that it is like a kione entrance song like it's like intense and like kind of creepy but like kind of creepy kind of cool and that's why i liked it for like meeting kione and like entering the um the the castle palace i don't really know what to call it um but to meet uh the north wind and because it's air like wind spirits Mm. yeah i hear the song title i think is the drum solo in the middle like that's that's yeah 
great song. Um, yeah, I chose Woman Without Pride by the Cranberries because um, I think it really embodies Piper's, the beginning of Piper's relationship with Drew. Um, Cause it's kind of all about like, like there's very much this appearance of being a typical sort of misogynist's woman almost. Um, but I don't believe her. Like, I feel like there's, there's a lot more that she's hiding. I feel like she's a lot more complex than she lets on. Um, and that's kind of, you know, the parallels were right there. So, yeah. All right. We're going to stall for a second while Neve thinks of, of her song. <laughs> Both of them have, like, absolutely no backup. I just was like, the vibe. I mean, I've done that so many times. Oh, my God. Par for the course. <laughs> I'm sorry. Um, I really have done that so many times. It's just, okay. I'm picking, okay. I'm picking Don't Go Dark by Bleachers. Um mostly because it's been in my head like 24 seven since the new album came out. Um, we already know on this podcast that I'm a Bleachers fan. And um, it's like, it, it's a very happy, not happy, but like upbeat sounding song. And then when I read interviews about the um, like album that like, when I saw interviews about him making, that like he talked about making the album, he said that Don't Go Dark was the angriest song he's ever written. And I just feel like that fits well with the book overall, but I don't know. I'm going to go with that. Also, it kind of, it reminded me of Charm Speak in the way that like, it sounds pretty, but um, it actually has a very like dark undertone to it. So yeah, I'm sticking with that decision. It actually had some justification. <laughs> <laughs> Something on the fly, that was really nice. (laughs) I actually didn't think of anything. And I am good at coming up stuff on the fly like that. So I'm not gonna pretend I am. (laughs) Yeah, no, we we just recently started all three of us doing a song instead of doing one person a week, just because we realized that we all looked forward to the weeks where we got to choose the song. (laughs) Well, why don't we all all do it? I think we all I think we I think we all like music. (laughs) <laughs> all right what did we forget about these chapters girl <laughs> <laughs> what did ava remember um i vi- okay what came back into my memory was leo like entering on the dragon really that's the moment that's the one you chose i also just i Overall, remember the dynamic that was present in the Aphrodite cabin. Um, but I had forgotten some of the names. I'd forgotten a lot of things of that nature. I didn't forget Drew, uh, but also she had been there before. Forgot a lot, but that's, once again, quite part of the course. Yeah, we're becoming predictable. We are. Ava always forget. Neve doesn't just fuss on. But, then, <laughs> but she subverted expectations this week. She and... did. It's true. She did. It. It's, that's So, anyway. I for, yeah, I forgot, I forgot that Drew could charm speak. I didn't know that that was a thing, and that's how Piper learned what charm speak was. Like, Piper didn't even realize that that was an Aphrodite power until Drew pointed out, like, yeah, I can make people do what I say. 
I completely forgot that Drew had that power at all. Yeah, it's interesting because I I also forgot that before re- rereading it, and I was like, oh, okay. And then, is it necessary? I think is another question. Like, it's a good question. Maybe we'll get into that in the theme. Yeah. Well, I I think we I have a lot to say about charm speak and not knowing what the fuck that is. Um, <laughs> yeah, honestly, true. Where's the rule book? The way at this point it's so clearly mm-hmm. not explained, like what the rules are. Because there's a moment in this chapter. Oh, I forget what chapter it was. I think it was the first chapter that we read this week. There, um, Piper is like trying to convince everyone to stand up to Drew in the Aphrodite cabin, and then she's like but I don't even know if I'm charm speaking you right now to do it. And it's like, what are the rules of this? Like if the people who are doing it don't even know what it is and like how to control it, like what is this? Yeah, I think, I don't think there's anything else we forgot. So I want to take a break and then continue that conversation after the break. Okay, we took a break. We're back. (laughs) That's so awkward. All right, (laughs) we're back. All right, so the theme this week is beauty. Basically, mostly so we can just talk about Aphrodite. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, charm speak. What the fuck is that? I, th- I think I like Neve's point that she made. Just like the, the rules are not contained. It is almost like the force in the, the Star Wars sequels, <laughs> where it's like, I guess it's anything, isn't it? Um, <laughs> and I, I think it's just weird how it, I think it's an interesting problem that is created where it's like, Oh, she, like you said, she doesn't know when she's doing it and when yeah. she's not. But I don't think the question is ever answered. I don't think it's answered in this book. I can't remember the books beyond this. I mean, we do have a lot of this book left to go, but I don't think, I don't think it is. I think in the later books, Piper like sings sometimes to like, conjure up her charm speak but i don't know if she ever makes a conscious choice to do it i think sometimes she just talks and people listen but i don't know if she like has any control over whether or not it happens so i i don't know because like you think in the beginning of the book she talks about how she's able like she's just able to convince people to do things like she stole the car because she was just able to convince the guy to give it to her and that means like like, you think about when Percy first found out he had powers. It was very clear he was like, oh, I'm going to control the water now. Like, she's been using these powers her whole life, and she had, like, no clue. She thought she was just, like, a really good negotiator. Like, she literally had no idea what she was doing, which makes it such an interesting power to have. And it makes me wonder if Drew knows what she's doing. Um, interesting. Hmm. I have to wonder if Piper's ever been on a debate team. <laughs> Important questions that we ask on this podcast. What did she do at that wilderness school in those like three months before Hera ruined her life? Yeah. yeah. Truly, like, was she really only friends with Leo? Because I think that's kind of a sad existence. <laughs> Not to slander Leo, Leo, but like. Dating Jason? Tragic. I mean. <laughs> the biggest tragedy is Piper's life. Oh my god. Like honestly. Like forget her, even the stuff with her dad, which is also tragic. Mm-hmm. But like simply Piper, what a great woman on this quest with the two most useless men in <laughs> the world. Leo gets a good laugh sometimes though. 
You're right. Yes. Leo, great contributor to a group dynamic, but like the image of like Piper being alone with Leo for like three months at least, we don't like know how long they've been at Wilderness. I think we know that Piper hasn't been at Wilderness School that long, but Leo, it's unclear if his like his he's a returning like how long he's been here. If this school is a school, like actual school, <laughs> yeah. who, where is the, is it certified to be a school? It doesn't seem like it. Odds are leading to no. I feel like this is something that I think Neve. I remember you talking about when like we first met that you're you were obsessed with something about like wilderness camps. And yeah, because I didn't know they existed. Like actual, like like the the way that wilderness school is exists in real life, which is like if your child acts out a lot, you like send them into the woods with strangers to like like straighten them out. It's the craziest thing I've ever seen. Um, and I just I, I <laughs> the only reason I was talking about it earlier. <laughs> Is because uh, the only reason I talked about it back then was because I found out about them and I was like, oh my God, this is horrific. And then I went to my parents and was like, what are these things? Do you know what these things are? And they were like, yeah, of course. And I was like, of course. <laughs> you were never going to send you one, but we like had to know what they were just in case. Like, just in case. <laughs> I was like, in case of what? Like, oh my God, I think they're like in case. So I'm sure that school, this school is similar to those. Did you, know, you ever do outdoor ed? Is in school. Yeah. Wait, what? Gym? No. <laughs> gym class. Like, you... like learn about plants? No, 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 no. <laughs> okay, maybe it's a Maryland thing. But like you take, it's a weekend in elementary school or like maybe a week where you like go to this like outdoor education center and you stay in cabins and you learn about the woods and you like kind of visit playing sometimes and all your classes are outside and you sit on stumps. Is that not normal? <laughs> I went to school in Chicago. Uh, we just learned how to like hide from tornadoes. We not, didn't have any of that. <laughs> I think oh like, this is a weird Maryland. That's crazy. It's funny because I like the way you described it. You were like, yeah, this is just part of school. That is also like one of the wildest things I've heard. Everyone in fifth grade had like went to Outdoor Ed. You went to Echo Hill, you went to some other place, or like, and you talked about it. You were like, oh, where'd you go? (laughs) I can't say I did. This is definitely a Maryland thing. Um, I was a Boy Scout, so I got got some of that wilderness um, education, I suppose, learning what plants are learning how to make a fire, never successfully making a fire. Um, And I think it was similar to Wilderness School in a way that it beat a lot of the joy out of me. Oh, no. My God. This is me going on the record and slandering Boy Scouts. Actually, I think... Actually... Um... My dad listens to this though, and he he was a Boy Scout leader for a while, and my brothers did it for a while. And actually, that ended in a mess. I actually don't think I can talk about why that ended in a mess. Anyways, Boy Scouts of America slander as an institution, they are a problem. Update: Our other roommate from Maryland went to outdoor ed. I'm not crazy. Is that what? 
the listeners know what went what just happened is Ava got up and left the room to go talk to our other roommate from Maryland just to double check that she wasn't crazy. That's true. I respect it. Thank you. I I'm, mean I was originally just throwing something in the trash can, but I felt like I had to make the most of my time. And go off Maryland Queen. Thank you. So, yeah. To circle that back, I mean if they were learning about the wilderness then camp and quests are no problem. That's true. Mm-hmm. They learned how to live in cabins and stuff. Maybe that was like part of Hera's plan. She was like, well, I can't send them to Camp Hopwood yet, but like, we'll get them as close as we can. Yeah. And that's like juvenile ref- reform wilderness, s- school. wilderness school. <laughs> um, and plant coach at the center. That poor man. I mean, he's also kind of awful, but. That's a different that's also, that is not on the theme this week. <laughs> yeah, it's also kind of awful, but also kind of nice. Anyways, uh, criminal justice reform is important. Charms. <laughs> <laughs> We're not qualified to address that on this podcast. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so the way Charm Speak works is crazy, right? <laughs> um, no, it is, it is interesting just because. I, I like those brought up that that Drew does Drew know when Drew's doing it or not either, and I think it's presented as Drew is like intentionally manipulating everyone around her and is like pure evil. Rick has written Drew to be like the most evil character he's ever written because even like Luke and like Kronos had like redeeming qualities that that Rick tried to like. He was like, it's not black and white. Everything is gray. But Drew Tanaka? (laughs) And I don't know how I feel about that. I think poorly written character, but also like mean girl queen and me have to stand her. I can't remember, like, I can't remember how she progresses in in this series. She doesn't. She doesn't. Okay. I thought so. So it's like, why can't I remember what becomes of her? Um, I think we see her once again at the end of Lost Hero, and then she never has another line of dialogue. That's really truly really just comedic relief for this moment because he was like, young adults will find sassiness funny. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. I think. Rick's plot line of what Aphrodite means is complicated. It is. And I think it gets better as the series goes on. And I know what he's trying to do, and I think he does it the most poorly. Um, in ways, like, Drew is supposed to represent, like, the superficial, like, idea of what Aphrodite is, and Piper's supposed to be, like, the more complex and nuanced, like... Yeah. Manic Pixie Dream Girl. Yes. Like it's very much, like, it, the... I'm not like the other girls, like, goes fucking hard in the... Mm-hmm. Oh or, like, God. the outer beauty, aesthetic beauty versus inner beauty thing. Like, Piper's a good person, and Drew's just terrible, but it's, like, there's more, to, like to that than a person's personality you know yeah. much more to it. and it's also contributing to the culture of like if i don't really have that many friends that means 
then I'm automatically a better person than everyone else. And it's like, whoa, <laughs> oftentimes that is mm-hmm. and people work hard to have relationships. It's just confusing. Also, because I think generally, like, I don't know. I, I think women written by cis men are going to often be inherently misogynistic and like, it just sucks. Um, I mean, you know, in a similar vein, I think, you know, queer people written by straight people are often going to be pretty inherently homophobic, like in their own ways. Like, you know, there's every pathway that goes like that. Um, so it's just, I get what Rick was trying to do, but I just don't necessarily think that he accomplished it simply because of where he's coming from. I also think it's interesting that he went from Selena Beauregard, who was one of the most like interesting characters of the first series, like being this like perfect quote unquote character all throughout the first four books with like the perfect relationship. And she was like part of the cabin that was known for being like perfect in some sort of way. And then just like, and then for her to be the spy, spoilers, but if you're listening to this, you know it. Um, for her to be the spy at the end, I was like, that was such a cool way to do what he's trying to do with these two characters. But he did it with one in the beginning of the book, like, oh, she's not perfect. She was the spy, but she's been through a lot and she is a good person and she was respected in the end. Like, she did, she died a hero and stuff. But like, that, that accomplished so much better what this dichotomy of Piper and Drew is supposed to do right now um, mm-hmm. with a lot more like nuance. And it was meant for a younger age. So I don't understand how that happens. The weird thing too is that he has Drew like shit talk Selena. He's like, like Drew's like, oh, well, everyone thought she was so good and like she wasn't that great. And it's like, what are you trying to accomplish here yeah. with her character? I think that's like the biggest thing that makes Drew an basically unredeemable character is that she just shit talks a dead girl. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. A dead sister, no less. A dead sister who was died trying to save everybody else. Like, what the hell? Yeah. I was like, mm, I mean, but I could have done it better. Like, so okay. Weird. Like, go off, I guess. <laughs> yeah. And I think we need to talk about the um, weird homophobic gender role moment where it's like, oh, and then the boys' side was was clean. That was so unnatural and unnerving. I was like, this is... It was a very 2013 joke. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, like, he does so much to be like, the Aphrodite, like, I'm not going to tell you that there is no straight boys in the Aphrodite cabin, but like I want you to figure it out in any way you can. <laughs> okay. <laughs> no, there, there's a lot of that kind of stuff in the chapter where it's like. I see what you're trying to do. You're trying to be like subversive gender roles, but reinforcing them at the same time as you're trying to do it. I think, I think it's a challenge like to address like Aphrodite and like what love and beauty means in American culture is a very complex thing to handle. Um, And I don't think he does it well. (laughs) 
at all. No, especially because Piper's entire romantic experience has just been forced on her and she didn't have to do anything to achieve it. It just kind of fell into her lap and she's going along with it. And the fact that Rick also tries to make Drew interested in Jason, which is a whole other thing of like the misogynistic character who of course hates other girls, but wants her man. And it's like, it's like, what's happening here? It's interesting. Yeah. The whole Jason Piper plotline just feels really regressive from a like really much more thought out Percy Annabeth romance plotline where it's like, boy, girl, know each other. Fall love. Like, it's just like okay this is not divergent like <laughs> some more effort put into this romance plot line I agree yeah he also in the the um Jason or Leo chapters does a very like I hate to equate them but this is just what uh she does very poorly a very J.K. Rowling thing of, like, beauty relates to personality and, like, oh, look, the, the Boreads are ugly, but, like, pretty ugly. You know what, like, it's, Rick focuses so much on, on their physical appearance in order to, like, tell you what they're like in a way that's, like, very regressive. And then Kione, like, she's, like, She's so pretty, but pretty in a way that makes you want to die. Or like, what is it? I I think like the theme of beauty, like beauty is a thing that we hold a lot of standard to in American mainstream culture, just because it's like what it like we all read the books by their covers. Like you get presented what you see first. You get presented what you see on social media. So appearances are important in like that way. Like it does influence how people see you, which therefore I think is problematic in writing when you're trying to actually get across what someone is like to just focus on like how other characters perceive them. Yeah. With Kiona especially, it's weird because whenever Rick has... And this is a little bit ahead of where we read, but Rick has Leo like have a bit of a crush on her and thinks she's super pretty. And that just goes like the privilege of like inherent beauty. If someone is more typically beautiful to the standard, it's like, oh, well, someone's going to disregard the fact that she's literally terrible and trying to kill all your friends because she's pretty. It's like, it's hard to overlook those like, I mean, my brain immediately wants to fill in the phrase Eurocentric beauty standard because that's just what, the beauty standard is in America right now, but I'm assuming that that's what Keone looks like. She's like pale skinned, like fair, like long flowing hair, very feminine, very traditionally beautiful. And to have one of our main characters be attracted to a villain who we're not supposed to root for whatsoever is just, just says a lot about like, I guess not even where Leo's standards are, but where Rick's standards are to show like, oh, ha ha, Leo falls in love with anything that's pretty and speaks to him kind of thing, but it takes away from the fact that she's a terrible person and he shouldn't be at all interested. But yeah. No, I, I completely agree and see that. There yeah, there's very much like two archetypes for 
female characters. Well, specifically, I mean, I was, I'm not going to talk about like the demigods and like those characters, but like, or like the monsters and goddesses and like the, the, those kind of characters, you either have a like monsters that are grotesque and ugly and you just like, like Medusa, Echidna, like they're like, oh, they're physically gross and hard to look at you. Or they're like Medea or Hione, where it's like, they're the most beautiful people I've ever seen. And that's what makes them dangerous. It's like all across both ends of the spectrum, Rick really reduces, particularly his female uh, characters, villains and monsters to what they look like in like a way that is like both being ugly and both being beautiful are both dangerous for women. I was gonna say in these books, but actually that's just like- In life in general. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Also, like, where are my average looking monsters? <laughs> right. Where are the ones that, like, just wake up and put, co- put a comb through their hair and call it a day? I, I haven't seen any of those. Yeah. Agreed. I think, weirdly enough, the best way that Rick does represent beauty is um, he almost disregards the idea. This is more in, like, this is less in people and more in sort of animals and objects um, that like beauty equals functionality Um, because we see the before and after relationship with Leo and Festus kind of like before he helps Festus to operate, I guess, a different way. I don't want to say like better, but like a different way than he initially did. Um, Very growth mindset of you. Thanks. Um, I... (laughs) I don't know if, like, mechanical dragon ableism is a thing, but, like, I feel like I could go into a separate thing where it's, like, this could represent this. So, anyway, I'm just speaking very generally because I don't want to go off on a tangent. But, anyway, so before Leo makes these changes, he is still – he acts the same towards Festus even though – he's not serving Leo in the ways that he necessarily wants him to in the end. Um, And it's all very much about, you know, like his beauty isn't necessarily in like, like Leo in that moment isn't shallow. And so I think Rick probably doesn't do that on purpose because we see Leo being very shallow when it comes to, you know, Keone and et cetera. Um, but I, I think it's very human and I think it's very like mature of Leo to kind of, um, you know, willfully or not kind of disregard the beauty equals functionality thing. I just kind of like see this thing for what it is and its purpose and then work together with it to see the best result for both parties. That was beautifully put. Thanks. <laughs> Do we have any final thoughts on beauty or are we ready to move to SAS moments? I'm good to go. Alrighty. Does anyone have their moment up? Yes, I do. I do. Oh, you go first. Um, Whenever they're touching down in Quebec City and Leo makes this comment about like, oh, did your dad do a movie about that too? And Piper 
makes a face at him and says she reads sometimes just because Aphrodite claimed her doesn't mean she has to be an airhead which I kind of felt like came out of nowhere because no one ever claimed that Piper was an airhead but the fact that Yo tried to sass her and she sassed him right back like yeah no don't don't do this <laughs> so. um this is like sort of a sass moment but it just kind of made me chuckle it's describing the rite of passage for the Aphrodite cabin. And then um, it says, Piper stared at the crowd to see if they were joking. Break someone's heart on purpose? That's terrible. The others look confused. Why? A guy asked. I don't know why that is. <laughs> just like, <laughs> why? <laughs> for, for a couple reasons. Yeah, I like it. My, my moment is, it's kind of just like a badass, like, ooh moment, not so like a tee-hee-hee funny moment. I don't know why I had to describe it with sounds and not just words, but <laughs> uh, but except for some of them had tried to help her. Some of them had even stood up to Drew for her. She turned at the door, you know, y'all don't have to follow Drew's orders. Just like, as like, I'm leaving, but first. <laughs> <laughs> but first, a word. Exactly. And I have a lot of respect for that. And it was just like, yes, like go up. Yes, the drama. Yeah. Mine is also, mine's at the end of 15. And I guess this is like, oh God, this is very funny to a limited audience. Like, I feel like this is very niche funny. Um, it's not this, Piper managed. Aphrodite is not about this. And then skipping the line and then behind her, Drew started laughing. Not this? You're that people. She doesn't have a clue. I thought it was funny because I... We are here. We are all fans of RuPaul's Drag Race, and um, I was actually listening to the audiobook in my car while I was driving today. And um, I was I was driving to dinner with my friend, and we were playing it, and we were like kind of talking at the same time, but I was still kind of processing. And then I just hear, "Not this," and I thought of Jam, <laughs> and it really got me. And then she repeated, "Not this," and I was like, mm, "It's just such a good little line." Anyway, it was not even the sass moment, just like funny to Ava. <laughs> yeah. That's real. All right. Who are our offerings for this week? I can go first. Okay. Mine is Mitchell. All right. Just because, like, go off, King. He did the bare minimum. He said, maybe she's not that bad. <laughs> and I respect someone who says the bare minimum nice thing. That's it. I think I'm going to give mine to Annabeth Chase for her single line in these four chapters where she tells them, just go. (laughs) Queen shit. It's just a weird detail that felt like it was reiterated a lot. Yeah. This is mildly off topic. Have any of you watched the Disney Channel movie Zombies? 
No, I haven't. I have not. I, my brother really but, liked it. It was cute, but like one of the whole things in their like perfect society is that no one has any flaws. No one has braces. No one has glasses. Like everyone is perfect. And the main girl in the show, in the movie, is ridiculed because her hair is like platinum white instead of a normal blonde shade. And she's like super embarrassed and wears a wig. And so every time they brought up Lacey's braces, I was like, oh, so this is like like that zombies movie where like this one small thing makes her stand out amongst all the Aphrodite kids because it's like this crazy thing that she has braces. And I just made myself laugh with that really dumb reference so <laughs> like tall girl yeah tall girl mm-hmm. tall. but not even t- that tall they had to make her look taller <laughs> why not just cast yeah, what did she wear like size 13 men's nikes okay calm down that's so hard being her mm-hmm. not discrimination against the tall people <laughs> how dare they reach things <laughs> all right um, this week, personally, voting off Rick, we know why. <laughs> I don't need to go, I, we, we've covered why, I think, pretty in-depth. Yeah. I Deuces. know we've talked a lot about how, like, Drew is, like, a mean, like, funny mean girl, but you do not disrespect Selena like that, so. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not going to justify mine. Okay. I'm going to give my vote off to Lacey. Right. Go off, Queen. The way that was so out of nowhere. <laughs> yeah. Oh. It's just the name. I, I, I'm not a big fan of the name. I see. Yeah. We don't need to get into that. Can I second a vote off for Drew? Because not only did she disrespect Selena, but she earned her post only because Selena's gone and she's the oldest. And that no. just. Mm-hmm. Alrighty, folks, that is all for this week. Join us next week where we will be discussing chapters 19 through 22 through the theme of allegiance. Make sure to follow us on social media. We are at Return to Camp on every platform that matters. We also have a website, www.returncamp.com, and a coffee account, and a red bubble store, so check all of those out too. Hey, would you like to plug anything before you go? Yeah, I would love if you all would check out my YouTube channel. I do book reviews and book-centric videos, as well as an Instagram account where I do a lot of book cosplay and other non-book-related things. I am particularly fond of my TikTok account where I make Percy Jackson-related TikToks all the time in cosplay and just generally. I am literary.princess on most platforms or watch Deja Read on Twitter. Of course, I'll have her tag. Oh, yes. Of course. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you. This was so much fun.